I mean, if you're just like a pleb sitting in the arena and all of a sudden like an elephant comes out and you had no idea animals got bigger than a, than a donkey, it's, it's absolutely a, a mesmerizing sight. Welcome in to Like a Man. I'm your host, Miles Nielsen. On today's show, we conclude our discussion about gladiators with our friend Philip from the YouTube channel Historia Militum. Let's just jump in and give it a listen. Were there any really famous gladiators that we know of today? And if so, what was kind of their story? Yeah, so um, there's only one gladiator I know of, and uh, I just I just read about him because he was he was the best. That's the only one I know of. Uh, his name was Flama. I believe he was a Syrian, so he was either a war captive or a slave, um, maybe a volunteer. We're not really sure about his origins, but we do have a lot of graffiti of people, you know, writing his name on the walls and everything. So he was a he was pretty big deal. Um, I don't know exactly where he fought. It was probably in the Colosseum, but this man was said to have won something like, I don't know, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but something ridiculous, like 20, 30 uh, fights in his life. And, and this is impressive because uh, gladiators fought in the arena, much like modern boxers. So they would have uh, seasonal fights, maybe one or maximum two per year. So something like, 20 to 30 was like ridiculous. Like he probably did three to four fights for like centuries, uh, sorry, decades. <laughs> and um, the impressive thing about his story that really brought him into my memory was that he was offered freedom. I believe it was something like seven times, if not more by um, the, the Roman emperors and, and, and the, um, the organizers of these games and the people like they were like take your freedom and like you earned it like no one no one fights like you and seven times this man refused it for i don't know what reason <laughs> but i believe um if if i was to guess it was it probably had to do something with maybe this guy didn't know how to live his life other than uh fighting or perhaps maybe there was a good deal of racism in 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 um in the roman empire uh which was the case i mean he was he was syrian and when he got out you know it would it would be syrian this syrian that you know so here and there and 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 he would never actually be roman and perhaps if he wasn't a roman citizen you were pretty much equal to a slave so um going from that level of recognition and fame as a top gladiator in the empire, all the way to earning your freedom. And then next thing you know, you're on the streets and yeah, well, people have a good amount of respect to you, but at the end of the day, you're just this guy with no, no, no human rights or uh, you're not even a citizen, probably scared him. And that was the realities of it. So if I had to guess, that was probably a reason why a man would refuse seven times because yeah, if you were that big a deal, um, you better stick to it. And that's another cool thing about uh, gladiators, it was kind of paradoxical because at the same time you are 
um, someone so popular that, you know, even the Roman emperor wants to meet you and he watches you and he cheers for you and you have this huge um, amount of power, you know, uh, but at the same time, you are close to nothing, right? You're just a slave that your Lenista could tell you to do what he wants. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you have no freedom. So it was kind of like, a you know, you have both extremes of the social hierarchy at the same amount of time. And that's, that's another fascinating thing about the about gladiators. And um, I think it, 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 it tells you a lot if a man, you know, is offered freedom uh, seven times and doesn't take it that, you know, the life there was better than he could have hoped for outside of it. Exactly. Yeah. And you and know? as you explain it, it would make sense, right? If you were just to say he didn't take it, it's like, well, why? But with yeah. everything yeah. you explained, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So like did gladiator spectatorship reach a peak or was it constant throughout until the fall of the Roman Empire? Did it eventually go away? What what happened with the sport? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. Um, I'm not sure about the later stages um, of it, and or where when exactly it was um, banned or, or or closed down or shut down. It's, it's very likely it continued all the way to the end of the empire. But uh, depending on the emperor at the time, it was either banned or heavily promoted or simply just allowed. You know, once a month. Um, at, at, at some point, um, I believe it was under Emperor Marcus Aurelius. I'm not sure if you heard him. He's like, he's, um, he's the guy who wrote the book Meditations, the great Stoic and, and philosopher emperor. Um, he um, outlawed, actually, or, or either it was outlawed before him and he just continued it. But the fact is that during his reign, uh, this was not allowed. And bringing it up to, to to the topic of the movie Gladiator, his son Commodus, um, who is the the villain, the the antagonist in the movie Gladiator, he, after the death of his father, he um, infamously brought back the games and uh, commemorated his father with you know so many games in his honor, and then carried them on in his in his honor already, um, and kind of lost his mind in the process. Started you know fighting in the arena himself um, against like. Um, animals and like really rigged, <laughs> really rigged matches um, until, yeah, he was assassinated as well. So yeah, depending on the emperors, it was either banned or allowed or or very heavily um, endorsed, like in Commodus's case. Uh, he, you know, the only thing he knew how to do um, and why the people adored him completely was because of the, you know, throwing these gladiatorial games. And he would have, he would bring animals from all across the, the known world. And actually animals is another thing we didn't talk about, you know. Uh, professional gladiators were uh, just one side of the coin. Uh, the other side was all these like fascinating animals that they brought in and, and People in Italy at that time, you know, the um, the illiterate, the plebs, they had no idea such beasts um, existed. It's sort of like the movie um, 300, since we're now naming movies. <laughs> um, I don't know if you watched it, uh, those those scenes where they had these um, all sorts of these animals, uh, beasts of hell, whatever, come at Leonidas and his Spartans. Uh, there was this rhinoceros that was like, you know, the size of a house. And then these elephants who looked more like mammoths. And it was completely like, you know, you'd watch it like, like, where is all this coming from? But that's how I imagine it would look like for a lot of the spectators in the Colosseum. Because they would um, have, they, they um, the Roman Empire, uh, the Roman Empire had specific people, specific professions who were hunters, and and their jobs were to capture animals in the wild and bring them to the Colosseum to fight. 
And I mean, if you're just like a pleb sitting in the arena and all of a sudden like an elephant comes out and you had no idea animals got bigger than a, than a donkey, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely a mesmerizing, a mesmerizing sight. Um, so they had all sorts of, they brought ostriches, um, cheetahs, lions, hyenas, crocodiles, even they had naval battles. Um, there is some, some, some mention of it, that the Colosseum was sometimes filled up with water and you can imagine, I don't know, from one side, they would have people coming in on rafts or something. And from another, you'd have crocodiles, like anything you could imagine. It was, it was probably done in the arena. And, um, as, as, um, Terrible as it is from the sense of animal cruelty and all, we can't agree, we can't, we can't really debate that that was just something absolutely out of this world to witness for the normal person, these, uh, these, these, these animals. And, and then you have animals fighting each other, right? Like what happens if you put an elephant against three lions? It's like, okay, let's see what happens. What about two giraffes and, you know, and a zebra and then a crocodile or, or, or whatever you could think of that was all put on stage. And actually speaking of Commodus, I, I believe I believe it was Commodus under his rule, um, like hundreds of animals were brought and, and then just completely just like just like died in the arena to to both each other and, and to both gladiators. There was a there, there was a class of gladiators that was specifically trained to fight animals only. Those were the uh, bestiati. So they had these spears and they were basically hunters and they would be only put against animals and they would just like hunt them down. And, and you would see them, you know, um, killing animals or maybe animals killing them at times. And it was just a very gruesome and like violent spectacle. But at the same time, you would kind of get hooked and, you know, you'd want to see all these combinations of, of combat and like what's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it was uh, very controversial. You think that's where spanish bullfighting came from is that maybe that that Ooh. branch of gladiators <laughs> i don't know if That's you're a it. spaniard like a spanish bullfighter historian or not no but. no I, I am definitely not a spanish bull historian i have no idea um the history of that i know it i know it's pretty ancient and it goes down to like some some but i don't know it specifically but spain definitely did have its own amphitheaters and its animals and everything it's a good question, though. I don't want to give you a misleading answer here. If I had to guess, probably not, um, because it's it's kind of like stems from a different. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna end it there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. That, <laughs> I, that's just where my mind went when you were saying that. Because oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like the it's like the most most modern thing that like is that that has any resemblance to that yeah for sure right <laughs> I, I i just i think that's so interesting mm. too like the shunning of it and then the embracing of it you know and then the tolerating it as far as violence goes it makes sense but if they weren't violent like you were saying too it kind of you know i i wouldn't i don't know i i i i think of so many modern parallels like ultimate fighting right mm -hmm. uh, or just u.s football for example mm -hmm. soccer all these spectacles where you just go and watch in the arena and you have your favorite players and everything and they're kind of that's kind of where they're stuck you know what i mean and some of mm -hmm. them can get out of it some of them can go and yeah. make a name for themselves but I, I i just this this topic is so interesting because it has such a big impact on the empire and there's so many parallels in our days too. Like you were saying, 
the emperors caught on like, Hey, if they're worrying more about this than they are about how I'm really oh, for sure. For sure. That was the grand idea behind it. Yeah. I, right. I'm pretty sure that's, that's uh, why the emperors kept it going. And then Commodus, right. He wasn't a very likable guy. And then there you have it in his reign. He like completely abused the games and then people loved him for it. Um, all the, all the way until the Senate had to murder him because he was completely incompetent and, um, bankrupting the empire because hosting these games was not cheap, but there was nothing really he could do, but just completely, um, go in, go into, um, you know, these, these, these games for, um, his personal benefit. Yeah. That is interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that that was why he was assassinated because of the Mm -hmm. games solely. Um, not, not solely, but it was, it was a factor there. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he messed up in other ways too. Yes. There's so many, so many things with this topic that I love and it's so, it's so easy to understand. I have just, I guess we'll end up with how we already touched on this just a little bit, but the famous movie gladiator that I'm sure almost everybody has seen. How accurate are those depictions of gladiators and their lifestyle? What would what would you rank it on from like a scale of one to ten? And then why would you rank it that number? I'm not really sure they did a good job like depicting um a lot of scenes of how the gladiators lived. But I remember there was a scene where they were all kind of eating together communally. They were kind of given their food. Um, and then that at one point Maximus like was uh, was afraid that they would poison his 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 food. And then his friend says, uh, don't worry, you have a powerful name. They have to first kill your name before they kill you. Um that was that was pretty accurate. I really liked that uh gladiator sitting around um very very brotherly and and just eating and talking so that kind of way of life is was was very much like it um i would have to give it a big no-no for the amount of deaths like every time gladiators came out it was like last man standing like completely gruesome um the amount of money uh, proximo would have to spend uh was on on gladiators would be absolutely insane i'm not sure he would go into profit and proximo was the um the, the ladista of, of uh, maximus who actually brought him to the coliseum later on but however in the coliseum when it was like uh, a replica battle that one that scene was was pretty good um just in the sense of the idea behind it like it was okay let's make this group of gladiators like the carthaginians and this side like the roman general who defeated them in in this year and then they would kind of show this historic battle it's almost like what what i'm doing as a youtuber replicating these battles but then the emperor had a way uh, higher budget than i did so he's replicating this in actual gladiators and like re- remaking the battle so all of this would actually um um occur and they were fans of reconstructing history in like actual gladiatorial matches so that was good but then like you know the the roman legionaries being um depicted as um you know these these charioteers with crossbows that are like you know futuristic self-loading crossbows and then uh maximus and his and his men kind of having this all sorts of um different weapons um i'm i'm pretty sure that is absolutely um not like what battles would look like in the coliseum so um oh yeah uh for for rating i would i would give it a six 
it's it's pretty good. Six because all the ideas in there are are really good, and then I like the tension between him and the emperor, and how the emperor could somehow come in with uh, fight his battles or stop a game, or you know how they distributed food to the people in the Colosseum. That was very realistic, but um, everything from the equipment to the armor, and not so much. Were there any other famous arenas other than the Colosseum for? gladiators is there anything noted that was a place you had to go to watch the gladiators is there any any anything like that well each each city each major city as we said had their own amphitheater that was their go-to spot to watch gladiators and they would have games either every week or or every month I was recently in Italy on a trip and I had the honor of actually standing in the Colosseum for the for the first time uh, in my life. And it was pretty, pretty mesmerizing. Uh, very, very big, much larger than I thought. Um, and then we traveled into onto um, into the city of Verona. And impressively, I had no idea there was an amphitheater there, but it's actually one of the best preserved amphitheaters in the in the world. And it's so well preserved that people still use it for theatrical acts. Um, and there was actually one on the day I went to, but unfortunately I missed out. I couldn't make it. But yeah, like each each city had their own amphitheater, and it would basically be a, uh, a smaller version of a coliseum. The coliseum was just this big, uh, like like the biggest of them and the most popular. But each city had their own. But the biggest and most expensive battles would be likely in the coliseum. As you were explaining that, I was looking up Verona. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like beautiful. north North Italy. Yeah, it's a very beautiful. Um, city you could see the the picture of the amphitheater have you have you found it yes yeah it's a circle it's like a, a it's a circle amphitheater and it's yeah. huge yeah it's like you type of verona and like in the images like one of the first will be that coliseum or, or like amphitheater but you could see it's it's that's basically how it would have been at the time of the romans except the exterior of it would be plastered in in either stone or marble or something and it would be far more beautiful what you see here is kind of like a skeleton of it but yeah very impressive it looks to me it could hold the good like three thousand people maybe more yeah yeah very impressive and and they yeah they they, they still have a stadium on there with a field and and lights and music and everything and the and the um what do you call it? the acoustics there are also pretty cool because the sound kind of stays inside it um, it's it's very very well thought out, <laughs> and it's so, it's still structurally sound then too. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I'm pretty sure they had to like check it, um, mm-hmm. do a structural test, maybe some renovations here and there. But generally, it looks pretty untouched. It's it I'm looking at very nicely. Yeah, I'm looking at some pictures here, and it's filled with people in like modern day venues. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I see one now. I see one now. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Well, Philip, thanks for coming on. This was a fun discussion. I love talking about gladiators. Yeah, it's it's a very big topic. I could have gone on about, you know, like uh, more on the um, the medical care, about their um, the, the psychology behind it, the philosophy. Yeah, I think I think the Colosseum itself was was like pretty interesting. Well, I mean, there's not much to say except my experience in it. It was it was pretty cool. Um, you know how on the top uh, when the Colosseum was like how it was constructed by the Romans. They sort of had uh, fabric or like cloth that would kind of go over it and cover up most of the Colosseum. That was pretty Im- impressive. Like none of that obviously remained to this day, but it, you could imagine this this massive thing like covering your head um, from like the burning sunlight 
And you could imagine that the only sun that would come through would be like on this arena and it would almost like light it up. It was um, like you, you stand there imagining it and it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. We are going to conclude it there. And I want to thank Philip for coming on. And I want to encourage all you men to go check out Philip's YouTube channel called Historia Militum. Thanks, Philip, for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next time. Thank you.